But kind of the, the foundation of this whole series is that from generation to generation, we struggle with passing on the most important things. We do. We, we just struggle with that. And, and last week, like we talked about, maybe it has to do with, you know, sometimes we struggle with selfishness and, and just doing what we want to do. And, and we just forget to, to do the most important things. But the Bible's really clear. Psalm 145.4 says, let each, each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. And so it's our job as a church to teach the next generation and to tell them about God's word, who Jesus is, what he did, what life looks like when it's full of him and, and less full of ourselves, right? That's our job. And I'm so excited to be able to do that here at Mosaic. But it's family day, and so we have elementary uh, students in here. We have youth in here. Um, we did let our, our little infants and the pre-K kids go uh, because I'm just too boring for them. Uh, they, they, they couldn't sit uh, and listen to me talk for a while. But, hey, I'm going to try to spice it up for you guys a little bit today and have some fun. And so, uh, but when, when our kids go to, to kids' church each week, when our kids go back to Mosaic Kids, they've got this kind of cool program, and they, it's called Bible BCs. And so when they show up on Sunday, they get a BC. If they bring their Bible, kids, do you have your Bibles in the house? If you do, raise them up in the, high in the air and just wave them around if you brought your Bible today. I see some Bibles. That's awesome. And so when they bring their Bible to Kids Church, they get another BC. And, and so as, when they earn all these BCs, they can spend them in the Mosaic Kids store. Now, this is the really cool part. They can go and they can get candy, which what kid doesn't want candy? Come on, somebody. Um, and they can go and get little toys or things like that. But there's also an option for them to save up a whole lot of these BC coins, right? Bible coins, to save up a whole bunch and to give to those that are in need. And so our kids, a lot of them say, hey, I'm not going to get candy for myself. I'm not going to get a little toy or a little trinket. I'm, I'm going to save up my BCs and I'm going to help somebody around the world. And so through our missionary partnerships, um, we, we're in connection with some people and some of our kids have, have raised up enough BCs over the last uh, couple years and we've bought a lot of goats and chickens for people. And so we just got a few pictures to show you. Um, and so I believe this one was, was in Ecuador where Pastor Mark was, was ministering. And so we, we got in touch with Mark and, and he handed out a whole ton of chickens to people uh, that our kids blessed them with, uh, people that were really in need. This was in Nepal. Um, and my father-in-law, Jolie's dad, he's, he was a missionary to India for 12 years, and, and now he does a lot of ministry in Nepal. And so through his connections there, we were able to, to give some goats to some families that were really in need, that were connected with local churches there. And I just think it's so incredibly cool that our kids are learning to be generous, right? And they might not be making money like you and I do every day. Some of, some of them do. Man, have you, have you seen what they pay for uh, babysitting these days? It's like, man, these kids are making bank. But, but most of the kids, you know, they don't have a steady income, but they can come to church and they can read their Bible, and they can bring their Bibles, and they can learn about God's Word, and they can, then they can ch choose to, to take those good choices and compound them into a generous heart, and I, it just pumps me up, and then I think we got one more. This is, this is in Africa. Me and Jolie have a, a missionary friend in Africa named Amy, and, and she was able to bless some people there, and so I just love it. I love that our kids are learning to, about God's Word and being generous, and it's just really cool. Can we give them a hand? Yeah. <clears throat> 
Another one of the options that they have is they can, they can uh, in the store, they could buy a bag of groceries and to give it to somebody locally that's in need. And so I know that recently, Melissa, um, our Celebrate Recovery leader, was able to, to get a couple bags of groceries in somebody's hands that really needed it because of our kids. And so when you give at Mosaic Church and you wonder where in the world is this money going, um, you know, part of that goes to fund ministries like our kids' ministry um, and, and to do cool things like that, to be generous and to, to, to bless people. But how many of you know that being a part of, of a family is an adventure in and of itself? Did anybody just have an adventure getting to church today? It's like getting the clothes on and getting everybody ready and getting them clean. You know, even that in and of itself was an adventure. Well, when I was 11 years old, and when I came in with this stick this morning, I think some of the kids thought, what is Pastor Joe doing? Like, is this, you know, but no, when I was uh, 11 years old, my family took a really, really cool trip. And so we drove all the way across the country in the family station wagon. A lot of you kids don't even know what a family station wagon is, but basically it's a big boat on wheels, okay? Our particular station wagon sat 10 people. 10 people could get in that station wagon. Uh, nowadays, people think they're big when they can seat eight. It's like, no, you ain't got nothing on the, the Chevy Caprice Classic back in the day. And so um, we piled in this car and there was, and my sister was already out of house, but we had, there was three boys in the family. And so I was 11 and then my brother was around 14 and the other was around 17. And we drove all the way across the country to Portland, Oregon. And just so you know, three teenage boys in a car for that long, not the best idea. Uh, there's smells and there's, boys are just stinky, right girls? The boys are just stinky. And so, and so we drove all the way across the country, and then on the way back, we stopped at national parks, we stopped at Glacier, we stopped at Yellowstone, we stopped in the Black Hills, and it was literally the family vacation of the century. They, they, they should have made a, a movie about it, right? But we go to Glacier National Park, and I picked up this stick, I thought it was so cool, and right here, there used to be this bell, and that bell was supposed to scare the bears away, because when you're hiking in Glacier National Park, you're hiking with the bears, and it's pretty cool. And so we're hiking, and I've got my stick, and we're going along, and we get to this waterfall, super cool, and so me and my brothers, we're adventurous, we're uh, kind of crazy, and so we're like, we're going to climb out over, kind of overlooking the waterfall along this rock face, and so up we go, scurrying up there like, like squirrels or like mountain goats or, or whatever you want to say. And so we're going up and my mom gets anxious and she's like, Gary, go up there and make sure they're okay. Right? Something to that nature. And so my dad starts climbing up there after us and, and, and before long, he's just a few steps behind me and I've got my stick and my dad's climbing along and, and, and how, how, <laughs> I'll never forget it. I look back and all I see is my dad sliding down the rock face, falling into the waterfall. No lie. Did I tell you raising a family, being a part of a family is an adventure. And so my dad is sliding down. He goes into the water, into this deep pool, gone. And so I instinctively, I like am going to go jump in after him. And so I throw my stick in after him. I don't know what I'm thinking. It's going to hit him in the head and knock him out or something. But I throw my stick in after him and, and I'm about to go in. It's like, what am I going to do? I'm 11 years old. I'm like, I'm like 80 pounds soaking wet. And, and, and my dad is six feet tall. He's a man. I don't know what I'm going to do. And thankfully, this lady grabs me and she keeps me from, from jumping in. And so I'm freaking out, and as, as you can imagine, 
And then all of a sudden, I see my dad pop up like downstream. He's just been like washed downstream. And it was scary. It was scary, right? So as my dad's trying to get out of the water, you know, um, my mom's like, Gary, go back and get Joe's stick. <laughs> and so she makes him go back out into the water, get my stick, and come out, come back. And it's just like, you can't make these things up, right? You can't make them up. But here's the point. Dad would have never, dad would have never found himself falling into a waterfall if it weren't for his decision to father four kids and raise a family, right? And you find yourself in all kinds of situations, parents, don't you, that you're like, I would never have experienced this in my entire life if I hadn't made the, made the choice to step into parenthood. And so when you step into parenthood, when you step into family life, and some of you kids, you're like, I didn't choose to be born into this family, and yeah, that's kind of how it works. And when you get into family life, you're like, this is just a little crazy sometimes. It's a little treacherous. It's a little, it's a little you know, unexpected. Things happen you never would have expected. Injuries happen, illnesses happen, hurts happen, pain happens, bad decisions happen. You know, a lot more serious stuff than falling into a waterfall and, and not getting hurt, and now it's just a great, funny family memory. Serious stuff happens. And then great things happen. There's highs, there's, there's awards, there's trophies, there's proud moments, there's, there's great memories. And so all in this one package of family, there's really high highs and there's, there's some lows. And so it's essential because of, of this swing that can happen to have a North Star, to have a family code, to have a rallying cry, to have a goal or a purpose or a reason for being. You know, the first command in the Bible was to be fruitful and multiply. And then later on, Jesus comes along and gives more commands and he says, go and make disciples. And so in one, one command, we have a, a physical like multiplication that we see happening. And then in another command, we see a spiritual multiplication that is happening. And so we're supposed, to, we're supposed to have kids, grow them up, but not only that, but to make disciples, which means little followers of Jesus, little people that follow Jesus. Sometimes it's big people that follow Jesus, but that is our job, Right? And so the goal of every family, and you can begin to take notes on the sheets this morning, the goal of every family is to know Jesus, to love Jesus, and to show Jesus to the world. It's plain and simple. We gotta know Jesus. We gotta know everything we can about him. We gotta love Jesus with our whole hearts, and we gotta share Jesus with the world. Another way to say it is, is that we wanna create fully devoted followers of Christ in our families, in our churches, in our, in our, in our physical families, in our spiritual family. It's what it's all about, plain and simple. Sometimes these days we try to complicate everything and look at it at every angle, but at the end of the day, we wanna be fully devoted, fully surrendered to Jesus. We wanna know him deeply. We wanna love him with all of our hearts and we wanna share and show him to the world, right? And so how do we do this? How do we do this? It starts in the family. It starts in the family. And so how do we reach this goal? As a family, as an individual, these points today are gonna to work for you whether you're in the middle of family life or not. But to become a fully devoted follower of Christ, we gotta do a few things. 
Number one, we've got to come to Jesus. We've got to come to Jesus. In Mark 10, verses 13 through 16, we see something amazing that Jesus did. It's another version of the story that, that we touched on last week a little bit, but it says, it says that one day some parents brought their children to Jesus. Can we give the parents a hand for that? Come on, that's a big deal. The parents brought their kids to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples and, and, and he said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children, and kids, I want you to think about this. Think about this, like really think about what it would be like if Jesus in the flesh was right here in the room and there's this big crowd of people and out of all the people, Jesus brought the kids to him and what does it say? He took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on their heads and he blessed them. And kids, I hope that you never forget that, that when you come to Jesus, his arms are always gonna be open and he's ready to take you in his arms and he's ready to bless you. And so let's break this down a little bit. So first of all, the parents brought the children. The parents brought the children. And kids and parents alike, we need to get this. We don't just bring kids to church. We're bringing kids to Jesus. We don't just bring kids to a program. We're bringing kids to a, to a person that loves them so much that wants to take them in, their, in his arms and bless them and touch them in a powerful way. That's an amazing thought. It changes the whole dynamic. And kids, you should be so thankful that your parents brought you to church. So thankful. It should be the, one, of the, one of the biggest things that you're thankful to your parents about. Mom and dad, thank you for bringing me to church. Thank you for letting me come to Jesus. Thank you for teaching me what is, what is right. We gotta come to Jesus because Jesus said that if we don't come to God like these little children with just faith and just an open heart, right? Then we won't enter the kingdom of God. And so coming like a child and coming with our children is a huge part of our relationship with Christ. As you get older, kids, sometimes you'd rather do other things, but Jesus never wants you to stop running to him. He's saying, come on, I want to love you. I want to bless you. I want to have a relationship with you. Jesus wants the kids to come to him and he wants you to come to him also. Back when our kids were littler and we used to have these big WrestleMania, uh, you know, any kids have wrestle fights with their dad in the living room, right? And so we would wrestle and, and I had two boys uh, before Jovi came along and, and it would just be like diving off the top of the couch onto dad and, and just running and tackling dad. And it was, it was a blast. And so one day we're, we're having one of these WrestleMania fights and, 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 and Levi starts running towards me. And I don't know what was wrong with me. It's one of those proud dad moments, dad of, the, dad of the year awards that I got, right? And so as Levi's running towards me, for some reason I thought it would be a good idea to just step out of the way. <laughs> and so Levi's running towards me, I step out of the way, and he just biffs it right into the corner of the coffee table, and off to the emergency room we go. 
Another time, Jason, we're at an outdoor amphitheater, we're having this concert uh, in the park with the, the church that we were at at the time, and he's real little, probably like, like I don't know, like three years old, or, or no, no, like two years old or younger. And he's standing on the edge of the stage, and we're all right here. It's like, oh, jump to us, jump to us, jump to us. And so somebody was saying, jump to me, Jason. And so they're right there. Jason jumps over there. And, and they're like standing out with their open hands, and he's just over there. And just boom, right on the ground. Scary moments. And it's like, oh, man. Sometimes as parents, we blow it, don't we? Sometimes as parents, we're, we, we miss it. But listen, when you bring your kids to Jesus, he'll, he'll never step out of the way. He's never gonna not catch you when you jump towards him. He'll always have arms open wide, ready to, to wrap you up in his arms and love you, always. He's always gonna catch you. He's the only sure bet in your life, the only one who will always be there. You know, one question that I get all the time, especially once kids reach teenage years, is, uh, people say, Joe, um, my kids just don't want to go to church anymore. And that's a tough one, right? What do we do with that? What do we do with that? And, and it's like we want to push our kids towards Jesus. We want them to, to know him and love him. And, and you know, but, but sometimes it's, you know, especially because the influence of the world, we're taught that, oh, we just got to let them figure it out for themselves. I would encourage you to do what these parents in Scripture did and keep bringing them to Jesus. You know, there's two, two words to legis- that I want you to think about. Legislate and, and inspire. Kids, maybe if you're in the right history class, you're learning about legislative branches in, in, in government. It's where they make the laws, where they make the rules, right? And so when your parents say, hey, this is the rule, this is what we're gonna do, they're legislating. They're making a law in your home and saying this is how it's gonna be. But then there's another side to that that we have to do as well as parents. We have to inspire Our job is to not only legislate, we have to do that. Because I know that when I was young and when I wanted to make my own decisions, the first time I wanted to make my own decisions, they were pretty dumb decisions. They were. And kids, you need to hear that. That, that when I'm young and, and I need to lean in to the, to the authority and the, and the wisdom of my parents. And so we need to set down some healthy guidelines that, hey, as a family, for me, as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord, we're gonna go to church, we're gonna learn about God, but at the same time, we wanna inspire. We wanna inspire them with our faith, with our walk with Jesus, with how we're going after God. We wanna be so in love with Jesus and, and our life with him to be such an adventure. Doesn't mean everything's perfect, but we're loving him with everything we can that our kids can't help but see the faith and the love for God in our lives. All right, number two. What's the next thing that we wanna do? We wanna learn God's word. We wanna learn God's word. If, if, so as a family, if, if we're gonna reach that goal of creating fully devoted followers of Christ, we're, first we're gonna come to Jesus, we're gonna bring our kids to Jesus, and then number two, we're gonna learn God's word. Deuteronomy 6, four through nine. This is a, a famous passage that talks about the family and what we need to do together. It says, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And right there in that one, one verse, we see both legislation and inspiration. We see both a law 
and love at the same time. Because it says, you must, that's legislation, love. We've got to love him. So here's a rule. You have to love him and you need to really love him. It's a head thing and a heart thing. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. And then here's, here's where it gets into what we're talking about now. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Wear them, write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. I love it when I go over to somebody's house and, and they've got like post-it notes of scripture all over the place. I've seen some people writing scripture with dry erase marker on the mirror so that, so that when their kid walks to the mirror, there's just a verse like proclaiming over their life. You know, there's all kinds of modern day ways that we can do this. But the point is, is, is how much are we really trying to talk about Jesus, talk about his word, trying to get it deep into our hearts? Are we talking about it as much as we need to, to get that word deep into our kids' hearts? Loving is learning. Loving is learning. If I love somebody, I'm going to try to learn everything that there is to learn about them. You know, when I was a kid, we used to joke about uh, learning God's word. And it's like, hey, hey, I know a memory verse. You want to hear it? And, and we'd say, Jesus wept. And we would just, you know, it's, and just so you know, kids, it's the shortest verse in the Bible, but we just thought we were so cool because, you know, we, we could just say this quick verse and it's like, I know some scripture, Right? There's another really short one in the New Testament. It's, it's remember Lot's wife. But if you don't know the story of Lot, it doesn't mean anything to you, right? It does, and, and we can do that. We can know things. We can know verses. We can know, you know, little bits and pieces of God's word here and there. But it hasn't really gotten into our heart. Why? Because we're not really loving God with all of our heart and wanting to know everything there is to know about them. Because we talk about things that we're passionate about. Kids, you know, we talk about Fortnite. I know that's kind of like a thing of the past now. Ro- Roblox, is that what it's called? Ro- Roblox, did I get that right? All right, yeah, yeah, we, t- we talk about Roblox. We talk about, you know, what theater and sports and, and YouTube. You know, one that I haven't even seen yet. Kids, can you imagine I've never seen an episode of Bluey? Right? I've never seen an episode of Bluey. Oh, gasp! Right? So we talk about all these things that we're passionate about. And, but what if there was that collective gasp? What if there was that collective gasp as a family? Not, not to make us feel bad or anything, but, but it's like, man, if, if we don't really get into God's word... If we don't know the stories and, and what God is, is, is trying to tell us through, through this love letter that he wrote us called the Bible. And listen, one hour on the weekend is not enough for you as a child or you as a parent to really learn and digest God's word. Let me show you something real quick. I need a couple kid volunteers. Anybody? Anybody? All right, you too, Kaylin. And yeah, come on, Evie. I need your help too. Hurry up, run up here. Come on, let's go, 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 go. All right, so I got this, I got this rope that uh, Levi has used to climb things. Uh, last summer, this rope was tied to the rafters up here during VBS and, and he climbed all the way up to the ceiling. Okay, you hold that end, um, but don't cover up that red. And then you come here in the middle, Kaylin. Are you coming too? Yeah. All right, come on, hold the middle there. 
and you come down here and hold this in. All right, so this rope is about 24 feet long. Um, and uh, stretch it real tight, girls. Stretch it tight. All right. Now, this rope, 24 feet long, let's just th- say that this represents uh, all of the hours in one year. So I think it's 8,760 8, hours in one year. 365 days times 24 hours, 8,760. All right? So parents, on average, spend about 3,000 hours a year with their kids. That's this blue, blue line. That's the percentage. All right? 40 hours is the normal amount that kids attend church per year. And just think about it, there's 52 weeks a year, and so they come for an hour every Sunday morning, and, uh, and, and maybe they miss one each month. And so that's actually a very, very generous number. Most people miss more church than that. You know, the statistics say um, that, that these days, most families attend church once to twice a month. And no, no, no shame, no anything like that. That's just, that's just how it is right now. But just think about this logically. If we're going to learn God's word, if we're going to do what it says and talk about it all the time and get it deep in our hearts and we're going to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, if we have 8,760 hours in a year, this is even bigger. It's actually about one inch of this rope represents the 40 hours that they spend at church. One inch. And so the answer isn't go to church more. Now, you might think, oh, we just need to be at church all the time. We go to church more because, no, that's, that's not the answer. Because, because even if you came to church a lot more, you know, it's still not even going to, here, hold it. It's still not going to even get to the 3,000 hours that, that you as a parent had to spend with your kids. And just if you're wondering, if you're a math person, it's about five and a half hours a day. You know, once, you know, you pick them up from school and try to get them down to bed. And some of that is, is just, you know, it's busy time. It's, it's brushing their hair. It's getting the gnats out of their hair. It's, it's getting them scrubbed down um, with the power washer in the tub to make sure that they smell good and all those kind of things like that. And so when you think about it, it's like, oh my goodness, they need more. You need more. You need more than 40 hours of input. 40. You need more. Girls, thanks so much. You could drop that. Let's give our volunteers a great hand. Good job. Our knowledge and our ability to live out God's word is going to be directly linked to how much time we study it and apply it. And the cool thing is, is that God's word has given us a prescription. It's commit yourself to it. And then repeat it again and again. Talk about it when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. And say and spray scripture all over the place. Do whatever you have to do to get God's word in your heart to make sure that your family knows the stories, knows the meanings, knows how it all connects. Because 40 hours a year here at church is not gonna do the trick. We just aren't that good. Who's gonna make the bigger difference? The church, which man, we're trying hard and and hopefully we make a big difference in your kid's life. Or 3,000 hours that you have as a parent to invest and to work with your kids on learning scripture.
And so kids and parents, it's, it's time to make conversations about God and his word a central, central part of your family life. So when you're on the way to a game, Maybe just talk, hey, what are you reading? What are you learning lately? What story you know, is, did you most recently hear about God's word? Let's talk about that. How does that apply? Right? When you're going down to bed, maybe read a Bible story. Talk about it. Have maybe a time during the week at least once where all the family gets together and talks about it. We can all do better in this area, including me. Let's do it. The third thing that we're gonna close with today is living the difference so we need to come to Jesus, we need to know his word, and then we wanna live the difference. Listen, people who follow Jesus live differently because Jesus was different. It's just that plain and simple. When Jesus came on the scene, he wasn't anything like what people thought he was gonna be. He was completely different. And so I got this little bottle here, and in the bottle, in the bottom we got some, some water, and in the top there's some oil, and so, um, Jesus was different, but he came to the world and lived as a man, as a person, just like you and me. But he was completely different than everybody. And so kind of like this oil, it sits on the top and it's completely different, you know, than, than everybody else in the world. You know, he was different. And then when we begin to follow Jesus, he says, he says, hey, come and follow me. And so when we begin to follow Jesus, what does that mean? That our lives are going to be different. But what happens in life? You, you go to school. How many kids go to school? Right? Whether it's at home or at school, you go to, everybody goes to school. We all got to do that. And so how many of you go to swim practice or sports practice or, or, or practices? Right? How many of you go to the movies sometimes? Right? How many of you um, uh, go to La Rosa sometimes? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Yummy. All right? And so you, 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 you go out in the world and you do all these things, and even though you're different, you know, it's like, oh man, we're all mixed up together. Now, a lot of times, this is, this is what we look like as Christians. We just look like the same as everybody else. But Jesus says, I want you to be different. I want you to be different. And we're just gonna set this here and, let, and, and we're just gonna watch that for a few minutes as I talk because, the, because even though we go out in the world when Jesus is in our life, even when we go to school and even when we go to the movies and even when we do all these things, we should look and act differently because we're different. Many things that Jesus came and said were totally upside down. He said, love your enemies. So when somebody's mean to you or not nice to you, you're going to be nice back, right? He said, go the extra mile for people. Don't just do what's, you know, the, 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 just the bare minimum, but really go the extra mile for people. He said, if somebody asks you for your shirt, for a shirt, give them your coat too. <laughs> hey, kids, keep your clothes on at school. But the point is to be generous. And if somebody needs something, give it to them. Another thing that is just really different that I want to challenge you kids about today is that the Bible says to obey your parents. The Bible says to honor your father and your mother. And so one of the most amazing ways that you can be different, kids, is to honor your parents and how you talk to them and when they ask you to do something and how quickly you just do it without arguing, right? 
Because if you look around at your friends that maybe aren't following Jesus yet, and when I say yet, it's because, hey, you're in their life and you're showing them who Jesus is. And when you show them who Jesus is, they're gonna wanna follow him too. But when you do something as simple that God's word says is obeying your parents and honoring them, you're gonna be so different than everybody else. And kids are gonna see you and they're gonna say, man, your relationship with your parents is a lot different than my relationship with my parents. And they're gonna see how, because you honor and obey your parents, everything in your home just starts to, to work better. Now, it's not all on you. You know, parents have a job too, and parents need to, need to do the right thing as well. But you're not responsible for that, kids. You're only responsible for obeying your parents. And so what does the Bible say? Exodus 20, 12, it says, honor your father and your mother, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord God, the Lord your God is giving you. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, it says, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and your mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. It's pretty cool, huh? So the Bible says it real plainly. Obey your parents and things are going to work out better for you. But then it goes on and, and guess what? It says something to dads too. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and the instruction that comes from the Lord. If I were to translate that to our modern day vernacular, I would say, hey, don't just yell at your kids and tell them what to do. Do it with them. Bring them alongside you. As you pray, pray with them. As you read, read with them. As you, as you follow Christ and go after Christ, do it with them. You see, when you instruct someone and when you teach somebody discipline, number one, you gotta be their example and you gotta be their model so that they can look up to you and see, see how to do this thing that you're telling them to do. Too much of the time we're like, do as I say, not as I do, right? But that flies against the principle that we talked about in the beginning of this series, that, that, that we teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. And so if we're gonna live the difference, it starts at home. By us as parents being the models that we need to be for our kids and parent and kids for you, don't make it harder on your parents. Honor them, love them, obey them, even when they're not perfect. And the Bible says that when you do that, God's gonna bless you for it. And you're gonna be living the difference. You're gonna be living the difference. You're gonna live the difference because you're gonna, you know, because you've asked Jesus into your life, people are gonna see you completely different than they see the rest of the world because, because you're following Jesus and you're honoring your parents. It's an amazing thing. One more fun thing. One more fun thing. How many of you kids have played this head, shoulders, knees, and cups game, right? And so I need, I need a child and a parent. So here's the deal, kids. If you're gonna come up and I only need four, so I'm gonna have to call on you, I need your parent and you. A kid and your parent. Justin and Adeline, come on. Oh, Nash, Chris just volunteered you. Let's go, buddy. All right, anybody else? Uh, Ezra and Natalie, come on. And who, who, who do we got back there? I can't see. Is that the, the harps? How about the oldest harp girl and Brandon? Come on, give them a hand, give them a hand. All right. We're gonna play this game really quick and then I'm gonna kind of unpack it and, um, and tell you kind of what I'm, I'm seeing 
as they play this game. So the, the point of this game is the cups in between them and they're gonna say, I'm gonna call out stuff like head and they're gonna touch their head. Then I'm gonna say shoulders, shoulders, knees, knees, toes. And I'm gonna go back and forth, back and forth all around. And, but then when I say cup, the first one to grab the cup wins. Here you go, Brandon. Awesome. And so go ahead and put the cup in between you. And how many of you think the parents are gonna win? How many of you think the kids are gonna win? <laughs> Um, I, I don't know, but there's going to be some major bragging rights um, at home and during lunch today um, after this game. And so are you guys ready? Yeah. All right. Head, shoulders, toes, knees, head, shoulders, knees, shoulders, head, shoulders, toes, knees, head, shoulders, cup. <laughs> Love it. Guys, give each other a high five and go, go take a seat. All right. Good job. Good job. All right. The greatest thing about that is three kids won, right? Did you win? No. So kids three, parents won. Isn't that awesome? Huh? No, no. One of the parents won. One of the parents won. And so here's the cool thing about this. And just think about it. Somebody else was calling the shots. And that's how it is in, your, in our life. Jesus is calling the shots. When Jesus says love our enemies, we love our enemies. When Jesus says we need to forgive other people, we forgive other people. When Jesus says, hey, love God with all your heart, this is the most important commandment, we love God with all our hearts. Jesus is calling the shots. And so just like dad and, and son or mother and daughter they they were both listening to another voice telling them what to do and they're and the cool thing is they're both doing it together they're both doing it together and also they're going after the same goal they're going after the same goal but the best thing is is that when people are listening to Jesus when a mom and a dad or a, or a, a son and a, a, a daughter they're both listening to Jesus and they're going after the same goal. It doesn't matter who wins. It doesn't matter who wins. Because when your kids are going after Jesus, you almost want them to win, right? You want them to win because as a family, we're listening to God. We're going after the same goal of being fully devoted followers to Christ. And we're just together, we're doing it. And guess what? We're having fun doing it at the same time. That's the goal. Because every family needs to love Jesus, to know Jesus, and to share him with the world. And so we gotta do it together as a family. How often are we all do, doing our own thing? Going off into our own rooms, watching our own thing, doing all that, and that's fine sometimes. Sometimes we just need to be alone. But there needs to be an element of at some point during our lives and during this experience of following Jesus, we're doing it together and we're having fun doing it. And so I just wanna encourage you students, honor your parents. Appreciate them when they're, they're pushing you towards Christ. Appreciate them when sometimes they even, it almost seems like they love God more than they love you. That's okay. Because God needs to be our number one and our family is our number two. And when your parents are trying their best to put God first in your home, don't make it hard for them. Don't make it hard for them, honor them for it. And then parents, 
Let's make it really easy for our kids to honor us by living an honorable life, right? By loving God with everything that we have and by going after Jesus together with them. And so, family is a treacherous thing. It's hard. Sometimes you're gonna fall in the proverbial waterfall, right? Things aren't gonna work out just like you planned. It's tough stuff. And so if you want a chance at doing the right thing, then we need to come to Jesus. We need to bring our kids to Jesus. We need to learn God's word. And we want to live the difference together. We're in it together. Thanks for joining us online at Mosaic Church. We hope today's message was life-changing and useful. For more info, visit mosaiccincinnati.com.